Good evening. This is the Tomorrow Christian Today. Reading is Romans 8 in the NLT. But first and always we pray. Dear Lord, this is a really important chapter. They're all important. They're all your words. It's one of my favorite. And uh, I read this, Lord, with almost hesitation, almost a sense of great awe and reverence because it's really so vital in my own life and it's just so powerful. And I don't know how I... Um, with my sort of rough and tangle way of speaking and my sort of just crude approximation of, of theology of your word can really possibly do this justice. But you said we would be blessed if we read your word. And so I'm going to, I'm going to jump onto that, Lord. I'm going to coast onto that fact of faith and ask you to bless us and to send the Holy Spirit to help us discern. Give us wisdom and Lord, help me be able to separate your words, of course. For my two cents that the people who are listening may be blessed by your words, not by, not by my crude opinions. I pray in the name of Christ. Amen. You know, I think of Romans 6, 7, 8, like Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And this is like the spirit now. Romans 8 is the spirit. The eighth day, the first day of the new creation week, the first day Sabbatarian. You know, I see some videos from my old church. I see some guys who came out of my old church and now they're talking about refuting all of the doctrines of the old church, all the stuff about the law, you know. And to me, I don't care what day you go into a building, but most people go on the seventh day. Uh, well, some people go on the seventh day, they call it the Sabbath, Saturday, and they sort of, um, and then if, and most people go to church on Sunday, the first day. And so one guy called it the seventh-day Sabbatarians and the first-day Sabbatarians. So I thought that was very interesting. He actually said the first day Sabbath. What did he say? The first day Sabbatarians. Some of the people were like Jehovah's Witnesses. So there was definitely a, um, was it a, a restoration movement in the 1800s? And a lot of these different churches, including the one that I was with, were sort of birthed out of that. Although my former church wasn't incorporated till 1863. For, to those of you who are paying attention or trying to guess where I came from, that'd be a big sign for you. But, and I really didn't want to diss them. But there's so much weird stuff. And I'm listening to these guys who are now Christians, but who have come out of the other church. And it's just a glut of information. And I'm thinking all these facts, all this history, all these ideas, all these opinions, all these refutations. This is really good. It's good for apologetics. But in all honesty, you know, the gospel of Jesus, the gospel of Christ is being in Christ. Jesus being in us and we being in him, that he gives us his righteousness. He imparts all of his righteousness to us, that we get to stand before the Father because the Father accounts to us the righteousness or imparts the righteousness of Jesus to us. He sees another Christ uh, when we stand before God in Jesus. And love fulfills the law. Isn't that what salvation is all about instead of all of this talk and hype and refutations and apologetics and all this stuff? Like, this is just more than my little brain can handle. Like Jesus was very intelligent. He was Jewish, very smart, very good with words. But he probably just, he would probably, he looked around and said, That's, this is not the truth. This is not what salvation is, right? And he said, and you know, I'm dying, I'm giving you a new contract, a new connection, which is love, um, love to the Father and love to your fellow man, and I'm sealing this with my blood, and that's in 1 Corinthians 11. I think we just read it last week because it was communion. Uh, so, you know, simple, 
uh, difficult, but yet so simple. It's difficult for us because we just we just take every wire and we just we make salvation not about what I just said about being in Christ, but every corporate hermeneutic, all this corporate theology, all this arguing about theology and what this word means and blah 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 blah. Man, it makes my head spin. Anyways, let's read. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. No condemnation. The wrath of God, no. Because we belong to Christ Jesus. We are in Christ. He is in us. The wrath of God, we do not enter into judgment. It's, it's so simple. Salvation is for children. You know what I mean? And, and Jesus did say, uh, those of you who confuse a child, better that a millstone was fastened around your neck then you cause one of these little ones to stumble. And that's what that big P prophet of the former church I came from did. She was an antichrist. She was just taking stuff out of the Bible and manipulating it and writing books and selling it to people who are gullible and, and who take their eyes off Jesus and put it on her as the leader. You know, you are entitled to your opinion. Nobody can stop you from thinking. But when your opinion becomes the hill to die on, it becomes corporate theology. Well, I guess you're a really good speaker and you really know how to be charismatic. But you have gone off the you have gone off the rails. And I don't know who's you're the as one guy said, who's the fool? The fool or the fool who follows him? Both are foolish because you've actually left Jesus behind in the ditch. I mean, I'm reading Battlefield Earth by L. Ron Hubbard. I'm in chapter ten where Johnny Goodboy Tyler goes walking into a village, a bunch of Scottish people, and he says, You know, we're we're being um, our, our world has been trashed by demons, the cyclos. And if I can train some good men and we can go and do what this guy Turl wants. This is from the Battlefield Earth by L. Ron Hubbard. Maybe there's a chance we can save our own world from the cyclo empire. So to me, it's like almost like a story like the gospel. Like Turl, the demons, he's like the devil. And Johnny Goodboy Tyler is like this messiah that ri- rallies everybody up. And it's an amazing thing. And this was written by L. Ron Hubbard who was very charismatic. This guy could talk. He was quite rich, and he founded Dianetics in the Church of Scientology. And if there's any Scientologist people listening, hey, I, don't, I wouldn't expect you to be, but you know, I just kind of insulted you that this man is very smart, but he ain't the Savior. So I take that as you will. And I say that with all respect, because I do want to respect people, right? We want to be respectful. But to me, L. Ron Hubbard's not in the Bible, and he's not the Savior. Christ is in the Bible. He's the Savior. It says, verse 2, And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. You belong to Jesus. The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So here's all this fight that I've always heard. The law of Moses is 603 commandments, which is just the civil, uh, the law of uh, the, the ceremonies, the ceremonial law. Or is the law of Moses, the 613 commandments, which is the 603 commandments of the civil law, um, the ceremonial law, plus the 10 commandments of God, right? The 10 commandments that were given to Moses, which is supposed to be like a policy summary. So that's why some people say, oh, the 10 commandments is forever. We follow the 10 commandments, blah, blah, blah. The law of Moses is the law of God, and it's used interchangeably, blah, blah, blah. Who knows? When Paul says in Galatians, I think 3.10, if you're under the law, then you'd better keep the whole thing perfectly. Like, I think he's talking about both the Ten Commandments and uh, the Ten Commandments and the ceremonial law. So the 613 commandments, the law of Moses or the law of God. Like, if you want to, 
if you want to go down there, if you want to go back to Saturday and you want to quote Exodus 20 verse 8, you actually may be pulling yourself under the whole law because under the law, you don't get a do-over. You don't get a second chance. There's no grace. There's no forgiveness. The law is not alive, right? Jesus is alive. You get forgiveness. You get grace, right? God gives you grace through Jesus Christ because Jesus is alive. He took the wrath of sin upon himself. And if you believe in him, you get a second chance. It's not a jail card. It's not a get out of jail card so you can just do it again free willy. Because the Bible says there remains no more uh, sacrifice for sin when you do something willfully. Even Jesus said to the woman, I don't condemn you, but don't do it anymore. Go and sin no more. So it says, so God did what the law could not do because the law is not alive. God is. He sent his own son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. Jesus stepped in the way of the wrath of God against sin. So God, God the Son, or, or, or God in the human body took the wrath of God um, that's against sin. I know it's kind of hard to understand. I know I'll never have it right, but that's as much as my little meager brain can understand. God had to, to do this. God had to take upon himself the brunt of, the, of his own penalty against sin so that God could forgive you when you sin and give you a second chance. He did this so that the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied for us who no longer followed our sinful nature, but instead follow the Spirit. We follow the Holy Spirit, but we might, we, we're, you know, John says, if you say you don't sin, you're a liar. You know, God, God is the God of the gaps because you're definitely going to have a gap in your perfect walk with Christ. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. Like God's going to grow us up. God's going to mature us. But I guess you have, to, you have to open yourself to it. Like I was looking at a movie and there's so many downstreaming movie sites. You can watch movies for free. And I was like looking at this movie. I started looking at this movie about zombies and then about 10 minutes because I was just bored. Okay. It was a lazy Saturday. I just kind of hung out at home. You know, and I read Battlefield Earth, and, and I was also just listening to some music, but I was just kind of bored. So I thought, okay, I'm going to see this movie. Like, you know, and I watched 10 minutes of the movie, people running around screaming, you know, zombies, chewing at people. Like, this is so stupid. I don't get anything out of this. I used to. I'm not saying that I'm this wonderful person. I'm not, I'm not perfect. You know, and I want to be perfect, but I'm not. Because I want, and then I'm thinking, this is so boring. Like, maybe God has changed me and I don't even know it. Like, I can't watch this anymore. It's the same old, same old nonsense. I don't get any, I don't get any energy from this. I'd rather hear a sermon that at least uplifts me and gives me some peace. Like, there's no peace in this movie whatsoever. You want to, you want to relax? This, you want to vegetate? This is, this is not the movie to do that because this movie just like stimulates your adrenal medulla and your uh, sympathetic nervous system and then you're freaking out. Your, your adrenaline is pumping, your heart is pumping, you're sweating. I'm not even moving out of the seat and I'm sweating. It's like, I know this is just entertainment. I know the actor, you know, he's, he's a well-known actor. But uh, it's just, this is, he's not really running around. He's making like $20 million or something. You know, pretending to be afraid so I can watch this ridiculous movie for two hours. I just, this is just boring. It's not even something new and, 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 and nice. It's the same old, same old, boring, anxiety, dystopian, um, world burns down, some guy saves uh, us all from complete apocalypse, 
and we put the zombies back into the can and hope to heck that the virus that, you know, if you got bit, maybe your antibodies will be, you'll be the freak that doesn't get sick and turn into another mummy for this movie part two. Like, it's the same old Hollywood tripe. Like, why do I want to watch this? And I just, I couldn't watch it after 10 minutes. I'm not getting anything out of it. I'm just more bored. At least the gospel is something alive. Verse 8, that's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. Well, I don't know. My sinful nature wasn't, wasn't really controlling me. It was just getting tired of the same old nonsense. But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. I would like that. I would like to just flow into God and God flows into me. I don't have to do religion. Religion is the same. It's just people taking stuff out of the Bible and making stuff up. Okay, what are we praying to Mary for? Mary's dead. What are we doing all this for? You know, all, you know and religion is very mysterious and very non-transparent. We're speaking in tongues and all of a sudden we're just saying some weird language that nobody can verify it's true or not. Oh, he's speaking for God. He's saying something nobody understands what he's saying. Maybe he's making it up. And remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to Him at all. And Christ lives within you. So even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. Wow. I would like to be made right with God as, you know, uh, Holy Spirit, Ruach, energy. I would like to have energy from God. I would like God to download his energy into me so that when, when, when things don't go well and I miss my children and I'm sad that they're not here with me and I'd love to give my daughter a kiss on the top of her head and I feel depressed and I feel down, but somehow I know that the Holy Spirit will just come into my head and just say, it's okay, one day. You have joy in me. You're a Christian now. You're connected to the eternal, immortal, living God who cares about you. You are not just some dead cog floating through the universe in the, uh, between life and death. And when, if you should die, you know, uh, before Jesus comes back, it's not the end of you. Praise God. I need to hear that. I really do. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, yes, Lord. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same spirit living within you. Praise God. Get ready for eternity. Get ready for immortality. Get ready for incorruptibility. Get ready for immutability. Get ready for an adventure. It's not just a job. It's an adventure. An adventure of a lifetime. Of a, an adventure of an eternity. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. And you will be tempted. You will be tempted because the devil hates what you are, hates what you're doing, and is trying to unwind you and break the connection between you and your heavenly father. He broke his own. He doesn't want it back. He's too, he's a grandiose narcissist. He doesn't have the Holy Spirit. He's a malevolent person who has the power of death. He has the power of death over people, but it's going to, it's going to, one day it's going to, he's going to die, Right? He doesn't have the power over death. He just has the power of, to use death against people. And he's a father of lies. And he's trying to blast Jesus in you. Jesus is truth and life. But greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Praise God. But if through the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. God is your father. Abba, father. Daddy. 
Okay, our Heavenly Father. You know, I had a conversation with one of my friends, you know, from, and we talk, we talk through WhatsApp, and he's having problems with the Old Testament version of God and the New Testament version. And it really made me think. There's a stuff in the Old Testament, it's like, wow, your Lord, you seem kind of hard. And you know what? I have to reconcile it with, by, by my faith. Now, people who are not believers will say, oh, you're engaging in imaginary thinking and you're glossing over evil things. Well, there's a lot of imaginary thinking called religion. And there's a lot of imaginary thinking, thinking that we all came about from nothing. So what made all this? Aliens? Another God? I mean, what, what created all this? Why, why is a flower beautiful? What, what, what uh, place does beauty and, and a beautiful sunset and all these beautiful colors have in your head? Where did that come from? What, what has that got to do with evolution? Evolution is survival of the fittest. If I look at a flower, I wonder, can I eat that? If there's a nuclear war and I don't have access to my house, can I eat that flower and live? That to me is evolution. Survival of the fittest or the unfittest. I'm sur- uh, survival of the unfittest. That's my life story in the gym. I still keep trying to push, even though I'm kind of squishy and soft. Where, where did the beauty come from? I'm sorry. I just have to just take a leap of faith. Jesus prayed to his heavenly father and said, I, you know, God is, he's the, you know, Jesus said that he's the image of God. And Jesus was loving and kind and helped people. He was tough, but he was kind. I have to go with that image. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Wow, we've been adopted, my friends. Before you had nothing, what family were you part of? Now you're part of a family that never dies. You're part of the children of light. You're part of eternity. Death has no power over you. I don't want to die. I want to live. I'm not looking forward to dying, even if it's temporary. And I, but I know that if it is temporary, I'm going to get right back out of that tomb because my Savior did. He has the power over death. Satan has the power of death, but our Savior has the power over death. Love it. Sign me up. Here's the verse. Now we call him Abba, Father, for his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. We are a different, we're not homo sapiens. Homo sapiens are going to die. We're homo evolved sapiens, whatever you want to call that, like homo gestalt. Like that baby is three-story from Theodore Sturgeon. Homo gestalt. We're homo gestalt. We're, we're the evolution of something wonderful. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share his glory, we must also share his suffering. Yeah, I don't like the suffering part. Not really, not really liking that. But so I guess when I think about the things that have happened to me in life, I didn't even get rebaptized and already, you know, the marriage was on the on the rocks and you know and it never recovered you know and it's like this makes me mad but honestly this is part of the whole deal you know i prayed lord show me that what i'm doing is right show me that my stepping out of a church that has a dead pete prophet and just keeps going back to saturday all the time show me that i'm right by coming to the baptist church which doesn't even really care about uh sunday we meet on sunday but it's like the lord's day is revelation 110 it's sunday okay whatever Okay, sure. Show me that all of this freedom in Christ is actually the truth. And God did by letting me suffer from people that were in another system. If that's what the system creates, then that other system is wrong. 
Yeah, there are people like they say, you know, oh, there's Christians who are hypocrites. Okay, well, we're all hypocrites. There's always room for one more. It's it's called consecration and sanctification. It's a process. Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. Paul was suffering. He suffered a lot in his life. God said um, to Ananias, he said, I'm going to show you what Paul has to suffer on for my sake. And Paul did. And he, he, got his, he got beheaded. And now he's with God. And we'll see him again. Amazing. What an adventure, my friends. Eternity beckons. For all creation is waiting eagerly for that future day when God will reveal whose children really are. Wow. Again, it's will, against its will, all creation was subjected to God's curse, but with eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay, for we know that all creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time, and we believers also groan, even though we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of future glory. We have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is given as a down payment. Second Corinthians 5.5 5, For we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. We too wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us our full rights as his adopted children. Woohoo! New body! New universe, new covenant, new beach. Somebody said when they say there's no sea in heaven, what it means is there's no sea of people or whatever. I don't quite get that. Or there's no sea of unbelievers, but there's still going to be some water there. There's still going to be a beach there. It's going to be like a Wasega beach or a Daytona beach. Maybe with salt, maybe with sharks, maybe with stingrays, but they won't bite you. They won't try to eat you. You know, can you imagine riding on a killer whale that's friendly? Because they're really smart creatures. But it's like, hey, tell you what, uh, I won't eat you. <laughs> my brother used to imitate this comedian who was like Idi Amin. And this guy came on and then my brother was like, buy this book or I'll eat you. Buy this book or I'll eat you. And everybody was laughing like crazy because the comedian was so exaggerating Idi Amin. Right? The orc is not going to eat us in the, in the new heaven to come. You can ride with the dolphins. You can ride with the blue whales. You can ride with the orcas. You know, different package, same deal. You get to have fun and you don't get eaten. (laughs) You get what you get and you don't get upset. We were given this hope when we were saved. If we already have something, we don't need to hope for it. But if we look forward to something we don't yet have, we must wait patiently and confidently. My friends, forget about all this information hermeneutics. It's good. To, it's fun to study hermeneutics and all this. Great. If your brain can sort it out, but it's a distant second. All these people on YouTube wasting time about all these things, all these facts. I'm all for facts. I like stuff. I like to go through Bible.ca and read stuff. But that's all a distant second. It's relationship with God. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that we cannot be expressed in words. Sometimes I pray to God, I feel so guilty, and I just think, okay, Lord, this is a lament. It's not a complaint. I'm very sorry. Could you just get my kids back? Could you just call? Just tell them to call me? Just tell them to just text me? And my, my son does. And I pray for my daughter, too. She's a little bit more guarded, but we have had some conversations. But I just want, my, I just want to give my kids a kiss. You know, all these divorces and all these women just take the kids and run. Like, that's not nice. I, don't, I think marriage is in trouble today. I'm sorry, I don't know about the other countries, but in North America, like YouTube has got all these 
all these secular videos about relationships and people screaming at each other, women screaming at men and and men screaming at women and criticizing women and women criticizing men. That's just not, that's not relationships. That's Galatians 5, 19 to 21. And the Father who knows all hearts know what the Spirit is saying, for the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Yes, Lord, out of this bad, something good will come. I pray for my children to be meek and humble and teachable, and I pray for their safety. I pray for them to love you more and trust you more. Trust you, the Heavenly Father who is, you know, standing in for me, the Absentia Father. Somehow, maybe they don't have a physical father, although I'm here. They'll have God. They'll be closer to God. Somehow, somehow, God. I don't see it, but somehow. I'm trusting, God. I'm trusting. For God knew his people in advance, and he chose them to become like his son, so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And having chosen them, he called them to come to him. And having called them, he gave them right standing with himself. And having given them right standing, he gave them his glory. That's us. I would like to hope that's us. I think I'm a Christian. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for all, won't he also give us everything else? Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? Wow. God's in your corner, my friend. God's in your corner. God is on your side. Nobody can touch you. Nobody can touch your salvation. It belongs to God and he gave it to you as a gift. What you going to do with it? Throw it back at him or are you going to embrace it? Because I tell you, ain't nobody, nobody, as the guy said, who's going to be able to give you a gift of eternity. Hey, I love Arnold. Would love to shake his hand. Hey, Mr. S, I'm a fast oxidizer, but I found if I eat small meals and a little bit of uh, protein, my muscles are bulgy, but I haven't made any gains. I'll never be Mr. Olympia. I like to shake your hand, but Arnold can't give me eternal life. Only my Savior can do that. Arnold is just a human being. And lately, Arnold said, there's no God when, you're, when you die, you're six feet under. That's sad for my, my hero to say that. I was very saddened to hear him say that because I admire him. I admire my dad more, but I admire Mr. S a little bit less. And for him to say that, I'm disappointed. You know, I look to Arnold the way Arnold looked to Reg Park. I'm really disappointed. He's allowed his opinion, though. Let's pray for him. Who then will condemn us? No one, for Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us and is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us. Jesus is for you. Jesus is for you. Jesus is for you. The devil is the one who is disconnecting you from God, and the devil is the one who should be blamed for all the unhappiness in the world. God does allow the devil to do things, but only because God wants you to make a choice. You are allowed to make a choice. God wrote the Bible, but we wrote the Bible. God does what he wants, but he allows us to do what he wants. Somehow God's will gets done. God is allowing you to make a choice. God makes choices, but he says, this time you get to make the choice if you're for me or with or against me. Because if I make the choice for you, then we'll never really know if you truly love me or not. And things, when you are a Christian, sometimes they go against you and you think, God, do you care? He does care. He does care. I know he cares. 
If he cares about the sparrow, he cares about the tomorrow, Christian, and he cares about you because I'm no better than you are. Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? As the scriptures say, for your sake, we are killed every day. We're being slaughtered like sheep. Lord, where are you? Have you gone on a vacation? Why are you dragging your heels? No, Paul says, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loves us. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God in the highest and peace on earth and goodwill toward men. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. That's what he says. Neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, neither our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Don't just look at the words, my friend. Look at the spirit behind those words. And they are powerful. That's the Holy Spirit from your Heavenly Father. Thanks for listening.